Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. And here is Pastor Gary Tony. God bless you guys. Man, I want to tell you something. Thank you all. I know on a day like today, it would be great to just camp out in your recliner, wouldn't it? Yeah? I mean, it's uh, when it gets like this, or we could go south. Some of you like, uh, let's go. <laughs> Thank you. The Lord is good. Amen? Yeah. It's my privilege to be able to be a part of that. Well, let's, let's dig in. I've got a lot. To, I probably, I keep telling my staff because this was not supposed to be a series. But you know when the Lord, when he starts giving you stuff, it's good. How many of you know it's good to follow him? <laughs> There's some of you know it's good, yeah. The, the rest of you, you'll get it. It's good to follow the Lord. There are things that he has in store for us that we don't even uh, we don't realize yet. And as you take steps of faith, you discover it. I, I was meditating on my message the other day. And you know the, uh, the reminder app on your phone? I'm on the treadmill, and I, I said, hey, Siri, remind me of Daniel on Sunday morning. That's all I said. That was dumb, first of all. Because like this morning, my reminder went off, Daniel. I'm like, what is that about? <laughs> what are you talking about, Daniel? Huh? But, here's, but, but here's the thing. I, so I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, I don't remember what that was, but I'm, just help me out with that. Well, he just helped me. He just reminded me. Because here's the thing. When you look at the life of Daniel, God took him to a place that he really didn't want to go. And he used him in an arena that he was totally unfamiliar with and uncomfortable with. Now, I know y'all are cool with this today because you're here because you chose to come. We live in a nation that is free and wonderful. I know there's broken stuff, but there's always broken stuff this side of heaven, you all. See, let the Lord reminded me that Daniel, because he didn't, please hear me, he didn't change his heart. Because of his location or his situation. Thank you. One, one, he didn't change his heart because of his location or his situation. Guys, I'm telling you, we're, we're not that group today. The slightest little thing and we're ready to roll up and, 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 and you know, call it quits. We get offended so easily. And I want you today, as we unpack today's talk, I want you thinking about the person beside you. Last week, we entered, you know, I brought up a point that I, the Lord said, well, you didn't really finish that, so you're going to have to go back to that. But we started in Acts 2, let's just review quickly, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, in the last days it will come to pass, says God, that your sons and daughters will prophesy. And I know some of you, you have some understanding of that. I know some of you have been taught that that is not for today. It went away with the last apostle or it was just to get the church off the ground. 
Well, that's all opinion. You understand? There's only one Holy Spirit. And once he showed up, he didn't leave and he didn't change. You know who changed? We did. And so when you go back and look at the account of the birth of the church in Acts 2, remember we said this last week out of verse 1, they were all with one accord in one place. That phrase in the Greek means they were unified with one mind and purpose. And this is the thing that the Lord reminded me of, because the church isn't here today. Victory Life Church is not even here today. And he's not saying that they were all in agreement with the vision of the Acts 2 birth of the church. God knows everybody's not going to agree. Are you kidding me? Agree. But being unified with one mind and purpose is a heart thing. You see, the Apostle James says, submit to God and resist the devil. You see, submission into 21st century is a cuss word. Don't tell me what to do. Well, first of all, I would never. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say what the Lord shares with me. I'll say the direction that we're going and invite you to go. But I am telling you, that the reason we don't see the Acts Church today on a larger scale is because of this subject right here. We are not unified with one purpose. We have our agenda. Now, God understands you have family and you have careers. That's not what he's saying. What he's talking about is you be connected with the vision and unified with the purpose, whether you're here one Sunday out of six. See, we're not trying to be critical and religious in this uh, approach to what God wants us to do. But if he says this is what happened when the Holy Spirit showed up, I think we'd be, it would benefit us to at least make ourselves available to some teaching from the book of Acts at the birth of the church. I want to show you how God views unity. Go with me to Psalm 133. And I know that many of you are bringing your Bibles now. Thank you for that. Oh, look at that. Paula had it marked. Thank you. I saw that bookmark. I'm like, what's that for? <laughs> I, have, I have the most awesome team, y'all. I'm telling you, they are wonderful. Yeah. Watch this. Because, and you need to take some time and set up camp here and listen to these words. Because we just got through singing about the glory of the Lord. That glory, that's, that's his presence. That's the anointing of God. And you remember Jesus told us in, uh, in, in Luke when he was standing in the synagogue reading from the prophet Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord, he closed the book and said, the spirit of the Lord is on me, for he's anointed me. Now, wait a minute. Isn't he the son of God? Does the son of God need to be anointed? See, because I know a lot of you all, this is, your, this is your escape clause. This is your unbelief insurance policy. Yeah, but that was Jesus. He's the firstborn. What's that mean? There's, that's right, Chad. There's more. And they're supposed to be what? Just like him. Matter of fact, if you read the Great Commission, he actually says in his commandment of the Great Commission, you go teach others to do everything I commanded you to do. 
And so this anointing is something that God looks at very preciously. And in Psalm 133, it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Then Then he describes it. He says, It is like... It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of the garments. Now let's stop here for a second. He's comparing unity to the anointing of God flowing down from the head to the body. From the high priest down to the body, the anointing will flow in a local body from the head to the body when we are unified. See, if you want to see the glory of the Lord at a higher level, then when you walk through the threshold of this building, leave your agenda at the door. No excitement with that. No. I'm telling you, this is is where we're going as a church. And I get it. I understand all of you will not go. We love you, and you you can watch. There, there is the crowd, the spectator, you know. Then there is the people that used to play but now coach. There's the commentator that thinks they know something they don't. Well, if I was still in the game, I would have. I mean, sometimes they just wear me out, man. If you was in the game, you'd probably be on the sideline crying. <laughs> they're always experts when they're not on the field, you know. I was so aggravated last night because I wanted to watch those, you know, you got to appreciate an NFL player when, when you, what was it, five degrees? How much? Wow. You better, you better make millions. <laughs> but you got to appreciate that. But, but they had it on some streaming thing. I, I'm, I didn't even watch it. I was mad. Well, just put it on TV, man. But anyway, when you're in the game, Listen to me, because tell your neighbor, get in the game. You see, for me, part of my job, now I'm in the game, don't misunderstand me, but I, I, at the same time, I'm coaching. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of like uh, an Aaron Rodgers, you know, when, when, when he's not hurt. Because <laughs> he's the coach on the field. So I'm, I'm in the game with you, but I'm also coaching you. And the thing you have to realize when you're stepping out, The thing that Daniel shows us is that when you're stepping out in something that you've never tried before, when when it's uncertain, when it's scary, God's going to put you around a group of people because a team. Pastor, where are you going with all this football stuff? Unity is a team. You know, you, you see all these great players, but Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be nothing without an offensive line. Them boys, they're big. He probably takes them out to fat steak dinners and blesses them. Boys, thank you all for taking care of me. (laughs) This is what the church needs to learn from sports. We need to be unified in our vision and purpose. And it's very simple. Our job, it's not, yeah, we want to have a wonderful service when we come in here. But our job is to come in here and be stirred and equipped to go out there. Go out into the gates of influence and make a difference for the body of Christ. Wherever you're at. I was watching, it's it's playoffs in football, so I'm talking about football players for a minute. But the the young quarterback for Miami, the other day he was in an interview and he was talking about speaking in tongues on the field. 
Oh, y'all saw that? I'm like, you go. See, I love it when Christian athletes stand up and they're not scared. Huh? Yeah. That, that, that's something that the, the, the world, and I know sometimes the world has a hard time with that. Well, let them. Right? For us today, we need to have that same approach. And it starts by being unified in this room. One purpose, one vision. And as we step, well, what is your vision? Our vision is to equip the people for the work of the ministry. So you go out and do the things of God. That's our job is to help people discover that. In the marketplace, in the break room, on the campus, in your family. And you, guys, you don't have to force it. You with me? How good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil that flows from the head down to the garments. And then he makes this statement. And then he says this. It's like the dew of Hermon descending on the mountains of Zion. You ever experienced dew? You left something laying out on the porch or in the yard and, you know, next day it's soaking wet. That's what he's talking about. That's what unity is like. It's like the dew that falls on Mount Zion. And then God says, and there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. You see, guys, as we come closer together, and I know that we're not always going to be in a, you're not always going to agree with our idea or something. We change things all the time. We try new things. We're, we experiment with things. We're learning and growing as a body. What God is looking for is a group of people that will be submissive enough to be like-minded and unified in their purpose. You know, when you think about it, one of the most uh, cool New Testament examples of this is the story uh, of the Apostle Paul and his young protege, Timothy, in the book of Philippians. Paul says this, in, and he's talking about Timothy. He says, I'm going to send Timothy to you all shortly. And then he makes this statement in chapter 2, verse 20. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own. Now let me set this up for a second. You understand, this Philippian church, Paul actually started this church on his second missionary journey. And it was probably about somewhere in this window, about 50 years after the birth of the church. You getting me? See, these people that talk about it was just for that occasion to launch the church. This is 50 years later. And then there's another six or eight years after Paul launches the church and he leaves. He's writing this letter commending the Philippian church because they were, they were the top church supporting him. And they're struggling with some things. And Paul says, I'm going to send Timothy to you shortly for I have no one. Are you for real? Out of all the churches, out of all the stuff, you, you, you got nobody like-minded, Paul? Nothing's changed. Send Timothy to me. I have no one like-minded who, who will sincerely care for you because they all seek their own. Wow. As I thought about this scripture, I'm like, Lord, are, is this where we're at today? And I know that that's not everyone in the room, but collectively on the planet as the ecclesia, as the church, 
we have a tendency to drift this way. And when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to advancing the kingdom of heaven, it's going to take a group of people unified. Because I can tell you, as the last days become, uh, begin to wrap up, you understand, we're in the last days that Peter talked about when he was quoting the prophet Joel. He said, in the last days, these are, these are signs, this will happen. Well, we're in the, the final stages of those last days. And as things begin to, the, the kingdom begins to apply the pressure to this world and to the kingdom of darkness, you have to realize that they are losing their mind. The only difference between now, Cody and I were talking about this uh, before service. When Moses was born, they were killing babies, but only male babies. Hmm? And so his mom puts him in a basket and puts him in the river. And you know that's some crazy faith. Otherwise they would have found out and they would have come and got him and killed him. But God sometimes does the, the, the craziest thing. So they put, they put Moses in a basket and he floats down to Pharaoh's daughter and Pharaoh's daughter finds him. And then says to her maidservant, would you go get me a, somebody to nurse this baby? So he goes and gets Moses' mama. So Moses' mama still gets to raise Moses. But Moses gets to grow up in the palace. Until he got the revelation of who he was. And then it's not like Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments, y'all. <laughs> I know some of y'all think that was the gospel of Moses, but it's not. It was a cool movie, but you understand. See, God will do things, but so often in today's world, we don't give God the opportunity. And it starts with this humble, willing, like-minded heart. Well, Pastor, I mean, I just don't agree with you on that. Okay, then you know what that means? If you're part of this body and you don't agree with me, you know what that means? Submit! I know, see, some of y'all choke when I say, you're like, What? I know, that's why we struggle so bad today with things. We want to see the glory. We want to see a higher level of power. But don't you tell me what to do, preacher. I pay your salary. Oh, don't laugh. I've heard comments from this congregation about me and my staff that you pay my salary. You should keep your money. Let me be very clear. Keep it. If that's your heart, you're not walking in the blessing anyway. Well, where'd you go with that? I knocked it out of the park with that's what I just did. Huh? I know some of you don't like that. That's, be that's because you're not like-minded yet. But if you stay here long enough, see, a lot of people can't stay here long enough because they choke. Because it's, you know, like we talked about last week, we're no longer on the milk. We're feeding some solid food to y'all. And I know sometimes it can be a little difficult. Remember last week I was talking about a pot of, of collard greens? Some of y'all like, yeah. Some of you like, mm, <laughs> no. Well, I made another pot yesterday because they were so good. And Tracy took all of them. Yeah. Here's the thing, you all. As we move closer in our walk with the Lord, 
as we go deeper into a revelation that God is revealing to us, as we step more into our calling and it becomes more clarified of who we are, it all comes down to a heart thing, you all. It's not even a works thing. It is a heart thing at the end of the day. And one of the primary reasons that you have to understand that love is the driving force behind everything that God does. Love has to be at the center of how his world works. Is because unity will be driven by love. Remember that we've, we've quoted this passage out of both of our previous sessions. In 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul said, pursue love. What's that mean? That doesn't, that, that, that doesn't mean deer hunting. Like, like we, we don't pursue a deer. We entrap a deer. You go hide in a deer stand and wait for it to come. You even put a salt block or something out to get it to come to you so you can shoot that little thing. <laughs> and listen, and I, I'm not being critical. I, I, listen, get them. I'd rather you shoot it than me hit it with my truck. Huh? But Paul says pursue it. Huh? And desire spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. But guys, what comes first? Pursuing love. See, when you start pursuing love, when you start putting the things of God first, there's a transformation that takes place in your soul. And then all of a sudden, you're ready. You remember what Jesus said? Father, not my will. What, what, what is that? That's submission. You think he wanted to do what? He knew what was coming. As a matter of fact, he went a step further for us in the Gospel of John chapter 17. He says, Father, I pray that they be one as you and I are one. What? You know what that means? Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. Well, we're not there yet, are we? <laughs> we're, still, we're still the clay on the potter's wheel. And that's why there's no condemnation for us who, who walk in Christ Jesus. But there has to be some correction. And when the Lord comes to you and taps you on the shoulder, hey, can you leave that aside for a minute? Can you quit doing that? Not out of some legalistic thing, out of a transformation thing. He's trying to bring you to a higher level. See, this talk, it is all about us making ourselves more available to the things of the spirit world. Exercising faith. When you get to this place, you begin to practice these things. You see, speaking a prophetic word over your life is what changes the situation in your life, regardless of what it looks like. Using God-inspired words, like James says, to set the course of your life. Remember our example last week out of Ezekiel? God told Ezekiel, he said this, prophesy to these bones and say to them. Now, let's stop for a second. What's God telling a, a man to do? prophesy to bones talk to bones see some of y'all ought to talk to your bones because they're getting a little crickety and tight and so, huh he said dry bones hear the word of the lord not somebody's opinion not what somebody wrote in a book the word of the lord and in Ezekiel, he, he, he said, well, I, and I said what I was commanded. I did it. I spoke. See, what if, now, now, now understand, 
we're still growing in some of these truths. But what if we got up every morning and we started our day like, like what Ezekiel's teaching us? We got up every day and we spoke to the day. Lord, today, thank you. Your favor surrounds me like a shield. You go before me and arm me with strength. You enlarge my path so that I don't even slip. You make my way perfect. Thank you, Lord, that your presence has come down in your gentleness to make me great. Lord, you will make me as sure-footed as the deer, enabling me to stand in the heights that you are taking me to. What if you started your day with that? All of my needs are met according to your riches and glory, not my bank account. See, maybe your situation today looks like dry bones. Guys, there will be times in our life that speaking inspired words from God is the only thing that you're going to have to stand on in that moment. See, that was the thing that Daniel was showing me. He had nothing else but who God was in his life. And he was walking it out, and he wouldn't compromise. I don't know that we understand the severity of his situation. But you remember, they had, God had already advanced and promoted him, and people were jealous of the favor of God on his life. You with me? And they said, um, we're going to set a trap for this guy. You all know the story, right? So they lied, they set a trap for him, and then Daniel, Daniel wouldn't waver. And the king said, well, if you don't, what was it? The, uh, statue, was it the statue with Daniel or was it the song? Which one was it? Y'all help me out. Was it the song? Y'all supposed to know your Bible a little bit. I can't remember which one it was now. Either way, whether he was to sing a song or worship the image or whatever, he said no. Yeah, and so they threw him in the lion's den. And this is how we are in the church. They, well, yeah, we're cool with that. It's a great Bible story, man. Especially in children's church, you draw a little cartoon with the big old lion and Daniel up there. Daniel in the lion's den. A little, huh? I don't think we realize that that was a means of execution at that time in history. It was, let me take it a step further. It was actually a form of entertainment for the elite. Yeah. And, and, and so, Daniel, I know most of us are like, yes, well, God's going to deliver him. He won't, he won't even have to go into the lion's den. See, that's what, Andy, we, we don't want lion's den experiences. We just want God, God just make it happen experience. Just work, work another miracle. What if he's trying to work something in you? What if, what if God's trying to use the lion's den to establish you and at the same time defeat your enemies? Because the next day, everybody that came to accuse him, they got thrown in. And once again, a heathen king saw God work. And once again, he gets elevated. 
I am telling you, there are things that you are going to experience in your life should you stay the course. Not out of some legalistic religious obligation, but it's a heart thing. This is why without transformation to the soul, a simple revelation like this, it won't change our lives at all. It'll just be another Bible story. You see, prophesy your life is something that, guys, we have to grow in it. But if you never practice it, you'll never be any good at it. See, you know, back to football, you know why those guys practice? So that it becomes routine to them. So that when you got another 320-pound man breathing down your neck, you're cool. You know what to do. Some of you are like, what's up with the football? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's football playoff time, so have, help a brother out, all right? Huh? You remember Ezekiel, his name means God strengthens. See, I think with a talk like this, as you get some revelation and then you, then you step out and have opportunity, you become strengthened. You grow stronger in your faith. Remember Abraham? We talked about him last week in Romans 4. Abraham grew stronger in his faith. There will be times that we will, listen, there's going to be times in our lives, every one of you, you got to get this, that you're, you're actually going to have to talk yourself into doing the thing that God's leading you to do. Because it's not going to be comfortable. You're not going to want to do it. May look a little scary, uncertain, and you're like, Lord, because how many of you are like me? Lord, is that you? Well, you know it's the Lord. He doesn't play games with people. Right? You want me to say what? You want me to give how much? <laughs> how we doing, y'all? Yeah. One of my favorite Bible stories about this reality, this revelation, is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And the Bible says, especially if you go read the Amplified, that she said to herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Now she was unwavering because you understand at that time in history, her condition, and the Bible says that she spent all of her money on doctors and was no better. Twelve years she had fought this thing. And then all of a sudden she gets a revelation of Jesus. And she says, she prophesied her life. If I can get to him, I'm going to get my healing. And so, at, now remember, she was not allowed in public with her condition. As a matter of fact, according, according to the Mosaic law, they would stone her. Because if she touched anything, it was deemed unclean. So she's putting her life on the line. And the Bible says that she pressed through the crowd. I need you to see this with me for a minute. Because if you look at the story, she grabs the hem of his garment. Well, that's down here. I like to visualize it like this. Of course, if you've seen the episode of The Chosen, it's pretty cool. She makes it to him, and it's like she's lunging forward in this crazy, hectic crowd. Because the Bible says that they were pressing in all around. Remember his disciples said, Lord, what do you mean? Who's touched, who touched you? Look around. Everybody's touching you, Lord. So what's up? Huh? She touched him different. 
Yeah. Jack and I have talked about this before. If you think about it, she went and took a healing. And she didn't even ask for it. She didn't even have a conversation with Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, who touched me? And I know some theologians try to argue, well, that was rhetorical. He, Jesus knows everything. I don't believe that. He's a man, just like us, operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he felt power go out of him. I wonder if that same power is here today. I wish it was. I'd like to feel it. Well, it doesn't come by any of that. She pressed through. And finally, he sees her, and all of a sudden, she knows that he knows. And she, the Bible says that she was, was scared because she knew she just, she knew she was healed. And she didn't even ask for it. And what did Jesus tell her? Daughter, my great power. No, it didn't, he didn't say anything about him, did he? What did he say? Daughter, your faith made you whole. Now, if her faith can make her whole, what about today? Because she, she wasn't even born again. Well, then why isn't it working like that for us today? Well, part of the reason is preachers. <clears throat> the other part is unbelief. <clears throat> and I know we don't want to hear this kind of stuff. Well, let me help you. Okay, go to Mark 11. Daggone it. Let me show you. Y'all doing all right? Okay. Mark chapter 11. I know everybody, you know, any faith person knows Mark 11. Well, it's not the knower. You know, I know Mark 11. I can quote it without even looking at it. I even have it highlighted in my Bible. Huh? Well, that doesn't mean anything. If you're not walking it out in your life. Now, first thing you got to get, because here's what we do. <clears throat> we hear a truth like this, and before we process it, we judge it by a past experience that we had. Come on, y'all. You know we do. Yeah, well, I tried that, and it didn't work. Guys, we're all going to try things, and they not work until they do. I think sometimes we, remember Abraham grew stronger in his faith. See, my job is to grow stronger in this stuff so that I can bring this message to you in such a degree, such a degree that there is such an anointing present in this room when we're unified together. We lay our religious traditions aside at the door and we're like, Holy Spirit, help me. Now, you remember what took place here, right? Jesus, what did Jesus talk to? He talked to a tree. Now, let me ask you something. <clears throat> I know some of you all believe this stuff, but some of you don't. What has the Lord led you to talk to a tree? Huh? Yeah. Well, I'm not doing that. Jesus did it. Did he have to do it in front of his disciples? No, he didn't have to. What's up? Why, why, did, he, why did he have to talk to the tree anyway? What, what, the tree wasn't doing nothing. Actually, the tree was exactly not doing anything. 
because it was supposed to. At that time in history, if it had leaves on it, it should have had fruit on it. So it was already a cursed tree. He just took it out of his misery. But he decided to use this opportunity to teach his disciples. And then he makes this statement. Because they asked him about it. And and if you go back to verse 22, Jesus said this. Because they asked him about the tree. And he says, gang, have faith in God. Sometimes he makes it so simple. And we've heard it so many times that we're like, oh, yeah, have faith in God. Well, do you? Well, I'd like to think I do. Well, quit thinking and make your mind up. Make a decision. He says, have faith in God. Watch this. For assuredly, I say to you that whoever, who would that be? Not the special group. Not the special 12. I hear that so often. Well, that was one of the 12, Pastor. They had a special power God gave them. What? They weren't even born again. What are you talking about special power? He had to give them power because they weren't born again. But after those that he gave power and went out and did these things, in Acts chapter 1, he tells them, don't you leave here till you get this power. Y'all with me? I know it, it helps us with our unbelief when we can say, yeah, but that was one of the 12. Well, what about Judas? He was one of the 12. How'd he do? <clears throat> yeah. But he was still one of them. This is a whole complete different lesson. He was still one of them, and Jesus knew he was Judas, and Jesus knew what he was doing, and didn't even bother to say anything. Hmm? Well, no, I got to straighten them out. You got to straighten them out? All right, church police, maybe you should leave him alone and pray. Huh? And then he says this. Surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I guess my question is this. Do you believe what you're saying? Guys, guys remember this. Inspired speaking, it's a heart thing. As a matter of fact, Jesus makes this statement. He says, guys, from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So what if, now that word heart, that is your soul. That's your inner man. But what if your inner man is full of the world? Hmm? That's right, Chad. Because according to Jesus, whatever's in you comes out. See, I've, I've used, I, I don't have a better one. I've used this illustration ever since I've been a pastor. You take a sponge. And you put that sponge in gasoline, and you put pressure on the sponge, what comes out? Because it's full of it. You put it in chocolate milk, and you put pressure on it, what comes out? Because it's full of it. And my question for us today is this, what are we full of? Because let's be real, y'all full of something. 
All of us. We all full of something. And this is where you have to have balance because like, you know, I've, I've been talking about, you know, because I'm watching the, 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 the playoffs. Well, you get full of that. All of a sudden, you, you it, I, now, I have to have me a commercial channel because the commercials are so bad. It's pathetic, man. Quit, quit. And here's the thing. They ain't nothing but a bunch of drug dealers on TV. I mean, drug after drug after drug. They just push another, push another, push another, push another. Drug dealers. That's what they are. <clears throat> anyway. But what happens is, the, I guess the reason some of, I guess the reason all the football examples is coming out of me this morning is because of what? Thank you. I'm full of it. I've been watching football. How many of y'all think Jesus knew what he was talking about? <clears throat> See, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're full of Jason Bourne movie, or what's the new one that Denzel has right now? Equalizer. If you're full of Equalizer, when you get caught in a situation at the mall, <laughs> you may not be praying for your brother. <laughs> now, some of the stuff Denzel does, come on, man. Not to mention, he's my age. I know he ain't doing some of that stuff. Chill out, brother. <laughs> Whatever you're full of, when the pressure comes, is coming out. And according to Peter, we're living in the last days, and because God has poured out his spirit, we are supposed to be the ones that are prophesying, that have dreams and visions. We are supposed to be the ones that practice speaking in other tongues. And I know some of you don't believe in that, and that's okay. Well, it's not really okay, but we're not going to force you to do anything. You know, you'll never come in here and have to worry about some charismaniac going off and doing something crazy. Because according to the Apostle Paul, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. See, this is my house. I had a guy one time, years ago, made him so mad. I didn't mean to make him mad. But we were over on Gano, and he I'm preaching. The Holy Spirit's, you know, ministering to people, and he jumps up, and, Pastor, I got a word from the Lord I want to prophesy. And I said, tell my usher. And a hush come over the room. Oh. Well, listen, he was interrupting the service. The Holy Spirit wasn't moving that way. Yeah, but I got a word from, well, then, according to Paul, keep it to yourself. According to the Bible. Some of you are like, oh, no, you hindered the Spirit. Did I? Or was he getting in the way of the Spirit because he got a little zeal and a little emotion? I can tell y'all need some teaching on that. Okay. We'll get there. All right. But every time I bring up tongues in my spirit, I, I, I know, I hear, I, I feel the resistance from y'all. <laughs> it's the glow. I'm like, what the? <laughs> Whew. The bail. The, yeah, right? Here's the thing. Now, now, remember what did Jesus say? You don't doubt in your heart. But, but you, you believe that the thing you say will be done. You'll have whatever he says. But what if you step out and you try this and you don't see an instant result? 
Can I get a witness? Anybody ever done this? Yeah, all of us have. Guys, you have to understand, we're still growing in this. Some of you never even tried this because I have, I have pastors that I know, some of them are my friends, and they mock me because I'm a Mark 11:23 guy. They make fun of me, not to my face. I mean, I might be 62, but I, I'm still a little redneck. But, the, I, but I hear them, you know, make comments and jabs. Oh, you want them faith people, you know, want them blame it, you know, claim it, say it, you know, spray it, wheel it, deal it, confess it, possess it. You're one of them. Yes, I am one of them. They are too, otherwise they're not born again. Because it all hinges on believing and speaking. You didn't even get born again if you didn't believe you see how ridiculous religion is? And like a little baby with Kool-Aid, we'll just, you know, it don't matter what else you put in it. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe the thing you say. And since every one of us in this room has a God-ordained assignment, every one of you, I was talking with somebody before service, and he was asking me about, he, he, he's ministering to people that are coming out of addiction and dealing with different things. He says, man, I, I get in there, and I just want to share the gospel. He says, but they don't want me to do it. I'm like, listen, man, until they kick you out, bring it. Serve it up. Huh? Because that's who we are. See, from the, abu from the abundance of your heart, it's going to come out of you. Nothing wrong with that. The church, you know, the, the world needs to see more of that. You, you ought to be on your job working and, and, and something that the, the Lord gives you a revelation, you get a breakthrough. Glory to God. And everybody's looking at you like, what? See, if you're, you know, just like the, the athletes that, that give God recognition, they should. Huh? I love it when they stand up in front of all them heathens. I've been a lot of their players, they probably make fun of them. Some of them respect them. Be you. You have the anointing of God inside you. Y'all okay? All right. See, I think Ezekiel's example is exactly what we need in today's church. We need to be people that understand who we are and we begin to, to speak, to prophesy. You know, the thing about Ezekiel at the end of the day, though, he still had to do what God told him to do. He still had to go do it, right? And, and much like the birth of the church, God is going to lead us to places where our only option is trusting him. I know we don't like that because we want to know what's going to happen next year. We want that security blanket. Guys, next year, listen, you, you may be in heaven next year. Huh? Then what? Because remember a few weeks ago, he's coming back with fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand. He's not coming back to give the world a hug. I was talking with our staff the other day in, in, in the uh, the Kidron Valley. It's for 20 miles blood is going to flow to the bridle of a horse that deep that, with the people that Jesus listen, I don't know I just want the loving kumbaya Jesus. No. He's coming back with a sword. He's going to wipe out the armies of the, that are against him. It's a 200 million plus man army. 
that he is going to well that's just a metaphorical picture okay when you see it happening you freaking out oh Jesus huh see guys I want you to realize that he is taking us to a place just like Daniel and I, I told you all last week I was going to get to to Joshua I still ain't made it to Joshua I blame I blame y'all you listen really good and help you help me and the Holy Spirit knows what you need because I promise you for three weeks I've had Joshua in my notes we will get there Jack thank you see maybe right now your situation your situation this is for somebody this morning your situation may not look that promising right now it may look a little uncertain maybe even a little scary and one of the basic principles that you can learn from what prophecy does is this according to first Corinthians when Paul's talking about this and, and I think Amanda posted this for you all this week your homework is 12 13 and 14 in first Corinthians y'all got that first Corinthians 12 13 and 14 12 13 14. Take your time with it. Ask the Lord to help you see truth out of it. Because one of the basic principles, and you learn this from Ezekiel, you learn it from the Mark 11, 23 principle is this. Prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And so when you're speaking these things over your life, over your family, over your business, you're speaking edification, you're exhorting yourself, I can do what God says I can do God's favor is on me and then everything around you just crumbles you're like Lord but what about the favors on me it is on you quit letting that stuff tell you what you understand the Bible's full of people that went through stuff they went through stuff you all I know we want it on easy street then I know some of you as you grow in the things of God there are areas that it get easier but one of the things I've learned as the areas get easier in one part of my journey God begins to stretch me in another if you're if you're pursuing him because it never quits this side of heaven you never arrive speaking prophetically over your life according to the the letter in Jude Jude says this but you beloved building yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit now I want to get you out of here with this but I need to take a minute here because I know when you read a scripture like that in Jude he says that you build yourself up praying in the Holy Spirit I've had people try to defend their unbelief about tongues Paul says very clearly in chapter 14 that when you pray in other tongues, you edify yourself. And then when you follow the book of Acts on several occasions, when they say they were praying in the Holy Spirit, they were praying in tongues. Some people say, well, that's not what the scripture really doesn't say that they're praying in tongues. No, there is no word that says that. But when you go to the examples of the Bible, it shows you that that's what they were doing. The people that say that they want to come against tongues, they don't realize 
So what you're saying is you may not talk in tongues, but when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're prophesying? Oh, I don't know. Well, you're doing one or the other because if you're doing it in the Holy Spirit, it's an inspired utterance. It's not just a religious practice. Getting to this place, you know. See, some, some of you all have an experience, you know, that, that and what I would encourage, if, you, if you're not walking in these truths today, Instead of just shutting down because of your religious tradition, ask somebody. You think that this stuff is in the Bible and then God did away with it? Why would he put it in there in the, in the holy canon of Scripture? Well, I like them better than you all. It's ridiculous, man. It boils down to the, the, the enemy and unbelief. And so if this is you and you do, you've never experienced a prayer language like that. If you've never experienced operating in the prophetic or speaking in, in tongues, instead of just shutting it down, find out. God doesn't play games with people. Look into it. Ask somebody beside you. Those of you that do it, help people with it. Call us. Man, I don't know about that. Stop saying that, whoever that is. Stop saying, I don't know about it. That's obvious. So change your confession. Father, thank you that the eyes of my understanding are being enlightened. Thank you, Lord, that I know the hope of your calling, that I walk in the exceeding greatness of your power, that I operate in the fullness of it. Are you getting this? This is what you and I have to understand. When it comes to doing these things, at the end of the day, when the Holy Spirit came, the church still had to go. When the Holy Spirit came, the church still had to go. See, some of you, it's time for you today to step into a new chapter. Discover something new. Some of you, there, you've had things that's been on your heart for a long time, and you've laid them to the side because of situations, because of challenging circumstances, because it was uncomfortable. Go get it. Prophesy to your life. Hmm? All things are possible to him that goes to church on Sunday. No, what do you have to do? Guys, at the end of the day, you actually have to believe this stuff. <clears throat> you mean you want me to believe in talking in tongues? I, <laughs> I do. Not just me, the Lord does. You know, it is biblical, you all. I don't know why I'm stuck on this, but I know some of you are struggling. God wants to help you with it. But it only comes one way. Paul says it like this, remember. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts. Especially that you can prophesy. As we begin to grow in these things, I believe... I believe the Lord is positioning our church for something very cool. Before he's done here, you've heard me say this many times, he's not coming back for some broke, barely get by, struggling, busted, woe is me church. He's not coming back for a modern day Pharisaical church. He's coming back with a church full of power and glory. There is a remnant that's going to walk this out. And I believe that God's tapping us on the shoulder this morning.
with this series. Hey guys, I want to bring you up to a higher level. Not that you're a better person. I just want to bring you to a higher level of walking in the things of the Spirit as opposed to this world. Yeah? Well, in order for you to do that, you need to belong to Jesus. Step one, give your life to Jesus. Jesus said those who lose their life for me will find it. And it's so simple. Believe in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. And you shall be saved. We as a church, we love to help people with this. Those of you listening or watching, unhook for a second from everything going on and take a step of faith and give Jesus a chance. We've got a very simple prayer that we pray as a family. If you're in the room, say the prayer with us. Give Jesus a chance in your life. At the end of the day, it all comes down to Him. It starts and finishes with Him. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. For some of you, let today be your day. Say this prayer with us. Church, let's help them. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> now, if you're here and you said that prayer, let somebody know. You know, on your way out, stop by our information desk. Tell somebody the greatest thing in your life just happened. For the rest of you, be prepared for some opportunity today to be an expression of Jesus to somebody, to prophesy your life starting this, this week. Amen? If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.